In this episode, I sit down with a police officer who is also a father. We discuss how to explain to your children about the police, racism, and the images on TV. What happened to Officer Friendly? What do you do and do not do when pulled over? Why would anybody back the blue? This isn't a debate between me and the officer or a blaming match. It is a chance for him to give a unique perspective about being a black cop and a father. Most of the stuff I don't agree with, but I wanted to hear him out. <laughs> so here we go. Yes. How's it going? How's it going for the good? What about yourself? I'm good. I'm making it. I'm making it. This is this is Derek. He's on. You're on the air, Derek. Now you 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 big time. Do you feel the power now of the internet? Uh, no, I don't. But we'll see after this podcast <laughs> how much power I have. I don't have anymore. They would call you like they would put you on TV, man. You are gonna be all over. They put you. Uh, no sir, no sir. We don't need that. You you and Joe Rogan. You don't be on Joe Rogan's podcast and none of that, huh? No, no sir. I'm, I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it local. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm blowing up. This may not be the best podcast. I'm about to blow up. I'm the bomb, okay. and I'm about to blow up. Okay, when, you, when it blows up, I'll be on the outside. Okay, all right, and you can say, I, I know that guy. I, yeah, I know a little bit about him. I tell you, I tell you even if I blow up, I'll still be like, oh, yeah, 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 I know you. Yeah, how's it going? I know that guy. Bring, I'm, bring him in. Move the velvet rope. You can bring him in. He can come on. Okay, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Um. So, yeah, I, I'll ask you to be on here because... You have experience in law enforcement, so I was thinking maybe you could help me out, and we could talk a little bit about this uh, the rift between police and the mental health aspect of people getting caused by all this drama. Cause you know, I do. I don't know if you know this, but I do uh, online counseling, and um, I've had people who've been really traumatized by these protests. You know, like they really it set them back. And they had to come to counties like anxiety the whole time. So I started wondering, like maybe there's more to this, to these protests and these court dates and things happening. I'm not giving the credit for. So I figured I ask somebody, and I, and I know you have two degrees in this matter, right? Um, for a degree of education or degree? Yeah, of yeah, no education, education, education. I have a couple. <laughs> okay, I'm about to ask you to toot your own own horn and tell me these degrees of yours, if you don't mind. I have a bachelor of business from, uh, I won't say, and uh, a master's degree from, I won't say, so I can't be narrowed in on who I am. I just want to know what the, what the field is. What is your field in your master's degree? Um, juvenile justice. Oh, really? Wow. Man, you know, you don't sound as, as, as smart as you, uh, <laughs> as, you have, as you lend yourself to be. Yeah, I just depend, it depends on my audience. Oh, okay. I know you had a master of juvenile justice. That's interesting. Well, you learn something new every day. Yes, you do. I, I knew you had a master's, but uh, you know you ain't got to mention the school because you didn't. You didn't go to my alma mater, so I, I'm really don't. I don't really care. Or whatever. Oh, ESPN got an alert. Sounds like. Oh, uh, yes, it did, but we're not. We're not, <laughs> we're not here about that. that. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, if you didn't go to my alma mater, Fisk University, then you don't have to say where you went, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, well, my money doesn't does not go there, so that's all good. <laughs> well, it should, man. You should have came to Fizz. You, you had a blast. Uh, no, I think I'll pass. Uh, 
Yeah, you know. Yeah. I like being debt free. Oh man. Okay. All right. Ouch. <laughs> oh, I didn't hit a nerve, did I? No, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. you, yeah, you did, you did. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I just speak for myself. I don't, I don't speak for other, for other people's uh, pocketbooks or financial situation. I just speak for me. So, uh, okay. I'm good. All right. Okay. And and as that, you are a a father. You have kids, and you do the, you know. The, the normal American thing. So you have some experience personally just having, just being a parent that we all have, you know, we all have concerns as a parent, but you know, you have a degree in juvenile justice. So that's interesting. I would like to, man, I'd like to see that curriculum. What was that about? Yeah. I, I didn't know you could get a degree in that. So that's a, uh... yeah, it was, uh, the first of its kind when it came on board, uh, it might be all different schools at the time when I achieved my degree, it was the first school who implemented that uh, particular curriculum, so it was okay. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, nice. You're yeah. welcome. You know, you know, it's hard for me to say you've you've done something nice, though. So you've had. I know, I know, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm used to that from you. So <laughs> a moment of silence is like a moment of thanks from you. Oh, uh, uh, right, right. A slight pause is me going, oh wow, yeah, gonna be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, yeah. Um, given that you've raised kids in this new millennium, what what do you think is the hardest part of having these Y two K compliant kids? Oh my! Well, of course, my children are a little older now, but I think now. But, but they grew up. They grew up with all this internet and all this Insta fame and you know Facebook and all that kind of stuff, right? Yes, but I think for more for the, the youngest of my two. Uh, the first we didn't have any really concerns with. The second was more into the Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, that was more during her her age in, in high school. So she was probably the first for me, not the eldest, to experience what they're going through and all this new technology and and other things that are posted. They post uh, the dummy accounts and mm-hmm. in the cyber yeah, just a lot, a lot more than, uh, of course, what we're not accustomed to dealing with. But it's kind of still something new for us because we didn't have the experience with, our, with the first, with the eldest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was kind of coming up, you know, it was my space, but it wasn't like this quick, you know, I could show you exactly what I'm doing at this moment, you Correct. know. Correct, yeah. So, and um, celebrities really weren't involved you know, it was it was like two different worlds. I, I don't get to see the celebrity eat their breakfast, you know, when I was young. I didn't get to see them go shopping. But now I can see them in their house reading a book if, if they if they want me to see it. True. Know? And so it's, it's, it is different. So I was wondering how was that raising kids in that environment? Was it, was it what would be the word you would describe that type of parenting? Uh, it's going to be challenging because you always try to base everything with your child uh, development of, of course been you know, trust and honesty but we always think of ourselves as kids uh, at that age how trustworthy and honest we were about everything we did in our lives so we knew we always did things and we that we want our parents to know and things that we didn't want our parents to know but that never changes mm-hmm. um, with the technology it just came more our parent is going to be a little more difficult to try to keep up uh, step by step by the use of technology. So, 
even with taking phones away, that could be still a challenge because they can go to school and use their other friends' telephones and devices and still get their messages out without using their own phone. So even though you might think you're really grounded that child by having her phone, she goes to school and she has access to technology, either in the classroom through other of her friends' cell phones to still to get her message out, uh, whatever she's trying to get out. Do you think it's easier to get information out or do you think it is just because we come from a different generation and we just don't understand it? It's just as difficult. We just don't understand it. Uh, it's much easier because, I mean, we didn't come up with technology. We did more word of mouth. Yeah, we passed notes. I mean, I don't know if you ever do little folded note the shape of an envelope, you know, and slide it over kind of thing. Yeah, yeah we did that in, the, in the elementary, you know. Mm-hmm. If it did get confiscated by the teacher, I mean, for those who's into writing a lot of papers and falling on the floor and the wrong person get it, and of course that means they might have to you know, knuckle up at the end of class and got the wrong hands. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but still, that was that was more easy to control. But this what we have now is uh, uncontrollable. Mm. You just have to adapt and go with it. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to adapt to what's out there. You don't have to adapt to a baby to accept uh, the technology for what it is. Of course, it's based on how you use technology, not the technology itself. Is what these kids are advocating to. Even adults don't leave them out or play a big part in the use of technology. So um, there's nothing you can do to prevent them from being involved. Just got to keep teaching and keep open conversations and. And really hope for the best, you know. Just be open-minded and uh, just keep talking about it. Now, you, now you, you've uh, apparently been raised in the right way in some sense or another. You ain't broken any laws or killed nobody. So, now, do you think the way you were, ra- you were raised, you think your parents would have ra- could have gotten the same positive results if they raised you in this era? Um, probably for me, yeah, I think it was, I wouldn't be a problem because I think you still have to respect your parents and regardless of whatever outcome that may be, you still respect them. I don't think the respect is there. So I think it depends on the more of the child mm. than the parent, uh, for his conversation and open and accepting discipline. Uh, these kids today, they don't accept discipline. And that could be a, a, a real serious point uh, between parent and child on uh, communicating and how you're going to achieve these things that y'all agree to do and not uh, agree to do and not to do. So that would be a challenge for them. I think my parents would probably, they'll be fine because I, I don't think I'm going to call the police on my parents. So. Oh, okay, but and, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, you know, they call the police on on parents, right? And yeah, teachers, right. Are, teachers call the police on parents, so counselors yeah, call the police on parents. So it would be much. They would have to answer to some things, and you come to school with a bruise. Mm-hmm. So that would be something they would have to adapt to, or they have to pay the consequences of those actions, just like any other parent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of things back then were kept in house that aren't kept in house now you know you kept like on your block you know like if you like you know like i was um for example i was talking to uh 
one of my aunts, she was saying, you know, you could drive 18 hours, blah, blah, blah. The kids could lay out on the back, you know, lay across the back seat of the car. And I said, no, no, this ain't the 70s no more. Kids just can't be stretched out in the back of a car like that no more. They all got to be strapped in, in the seat, you know. And even if you were, if I were to do something back then, someone would just be like, hey, you know, you just strapped your kid in. It wouldn't be like you said, the counselor, let me call up the police on you. Let me do that. They would say, hey, man, you got to uh, line on this one. Do you think that is one of the things that people don't really work together to keep things on the block, within their block, is where they used, they used to? Um, well, I think the, the communities has changed. I, I don't think people are staying in their homes uh, 25, 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. So people are probably averaging maybe five or 10 and they're moving. So that community that would raise a child or the village who raised a child does no longer exist because the turnover rate is too high. So those aspects are gone from the community. So you know we get that uh, the person down the street can punish you or spank you and it would be all okay. And they have to touch a child for doing something wrong, it's gonna be a fight. Or somebody go get shot, or police come into your house. So mm. uh, this generation is not, not allowing anyone to discipline their child or to check their child but themselves, even though in most cases they're not even doing that themselves. So it's, it's a different time and era. So that era does not exist, and that era will not return. Yeah, it's the new normal. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, some people, they, they blame video games for violence. And in part, I kind of sometimes blame video games, not because of the content of the game, but because the kids have no reason to interact with other kids in their neighborhood. E- even like the way games are now. Like, for example, when I was younger, if we wanted to play uh, Super Mario Brothers, we had to go to the person's house that had Super Mario Brother. You know, but now I can meet that person online. And I don't have to leave my house. You know. And so there is no interaction, no street ball, if you were, no bicycle cops and robbers anymore. Uh, and I think because they can find entertainment inside the house. What do you think? Uh, that's true. That's, I think that's real true. I think that uh, these entertainment, you know, they're kind of babysitting the kid itself. So mm-hmm. I think if you're uh, – having these children who do these video games and on these telephones, they kind of entertaining themselves versus we would kind of, I won't say I was forced, but a lot of kids are more forced to go outside. They went outside anyway because nothing else really for them to do. So more kids came outside and congregated and played basketball, football, or make up games, but that was uh, outside. Uh, they have a lot more options uh, today than what we did. So, Right, a lot more things inside. You can go further inside. Like I could be on my phone on the couch and be talking to someone in Australia. Correct. You know. Yeah. So it is no different. So, but yeah, this podcast is also about race and the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So I guess we just get down to it. Because um, I saw what got me going on this was I saw a show the other day on uh, I guess it's ABC or something, and the, and the sisters were sitting around. And they discussed what they when they first realized they were black, and all of them learned learned to be black from a racist. You know, some bigot pointed out they were black. Do you remember the first time that you realized you were black? First time I actually maybe realized 
that I was black? That that was a, a, a tough question. That that was a tough question for me to come up with an answer. Um, I didn't really come up with a good one because I've never I've been called a word, and I think that's maybe the first time I got called a nigger. All right, what, what, what about that? Tell that experience. Oh, uh, uh, I was at at work, and uh, at, at you know, work. I, I, yeah, that was your first encounter when you were working age. Yeah, I've been called. Uh, I mean, I got called a nigger. That hit home, you know. <laughs> yeah, by by, but... by a white male. Now I've been called a nigger by people black. I mean, that, that doesn't. That's nothing. Oh, well, yeah. a white oh, person. Oh, okay, yeah, with the racist undertone. Oh, okay, right. All right, all yeah, right. yeah. So a white person calls you a nigger. That's and you never heard it before. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized. That's what affected me. Everything mm-hmm. else to that point. Never affected me based on race from any other race, but when a white male calls you a nigga, you're taking to jail. Yeah, that stunk. Uh, how, how did you know? He, I mean, because you heard it from black people, but how did you know when he said it? It was a derogatory term. Uh, I, I felt it. I mean, it wasn't nothing I knew. The way he said it, mm. I felt it deep in my soul that he was coming from a different aspect, which. By him being the race that he was, it wouldn't have made a difference. No way, it came from him, mm. and that's when I realized, okay, uh, it's, it's it's about to go down. And he took you to jail? You no, know, I took him to jail. Oh, you was at that job that long ago, man. Yeah. I was caught a nigga like in kindergarten. Oh well, I'm sorry for your experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never been called. Like I said, the N word by opposite race. No, no one outside of opposite my race has never used that word towards me. Has never shown exactly that this is pertaining to you based on your that you're black. I mean, you can think it and guess it, mm-hmm. but you can be wrong in that. You, you can be wrong, which I know a lot of people have been wrong thinking this is about their race. Like, you're oh, just yeah. wrong. You just didn't know it. He was wrong. Yeah. Like they, they could treat you like a nigga, but they don't have to say it. And people have treated you like that, but they never actually said the word to you before. Yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah but I never got treated like one. I, I've never been felt like someone treated me differently based on my on my race. Really? Yeah, I just never. Now, I have I felt that I say, like in school, I just use high school, black school. I, I yeah, you felt like in, in, high in, in high school, you know, you might get a a little pass because you black. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got in college, which was a white school, you ain't getting no passes here. Your really? work gonna be of quality, and you go get what you go what you what you deserve. But that's not them calling me out. You know, it's calling you know, me. Out of my race, that's me just realizing, like, okay, this is, hey, I'm not, no, I'm not gonna get a little help on this one, or, no, no, that's when I'm like, okay, dude, this, this ain't, this ain't high school. These white <laughs> folks are not gonna give you a pass or feel some type of sympathy or give you that one extra point to get that, you know, maybe that B or that C. No, you get a six to nine, you get a seventy nine. That's what you're getting. Wow, you know, I don't even, I thought I knew you. We, we live, man, I'm telling you, my experience 
was the exact opposite. I went to all white high school and whatever grade I got, they I had to fight for that grade. It was no, I'm going to uh no, it was no no, I should say when I went to the, the white high school, they would gi- they would give me points and be like, "Oh, your sob story, you know, poor black kid, single mom, I know your backstory. I'm going to try to help you out while I can." And they and they throw me some bones. They wouldn't give me A's. But they wouldn't fail me. Seems because they because of my race. And then high school, I heard the N-word. In elementary school, I heard the N-word. And then when I got in college, it was quite the opposite. They said, no, we all black here. We, <laughs> you have to use yeah. that car somewhere else. Yeah, well, it didn't work. Yeah, like I said, mine was the, the opposite. The opposite, yeah. yeah I, was the opposite. I was like, yeah, feel sorry for me. I'm yeah. black. Feel sorry <laughs> for me. I'm trying. I'm in school. Help yeah. me. No, at uh, college, no, they were not about no. that. They were like, that's everybody's story here at this school, Jack. You're going to have to no. come with it. No, no, it wasn't no. No, I'm not, I'm not doing anything for you. You're going to earn this. It took a while for that to kick in. I was like, man, I should have went to an HBCU school. <laughs> well, if you went to mine, it would have been no better. Because it's funny, because, like, you know, me, I'm in my wife at college, and she gives back to the alumni society. And she was like, you're not going to give back? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I had to earn everything I got from that school. They didn't give me nothing. You know? And so it's was like, no, I, they got all they got out of me. You know? But high school, they were all like, poor black kid, you know, let's make you team captain. Can you jump high? You know, all this kind of weird stuff. And they pitied me pretty much. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Race, race is funny. Huh. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Because, yeah, I can, if you ask me, I can remember my exact moment. I was in kindergarten. and uh, There was an Indian kid that called me the N-word. And I thought he I'm like, hey, you watch Fred Sanford too? And uh, and like you, once he said it again, I'm like, oh, you're not trying to be funny. You really mean this as a derogatory term. Yeah. You know. Uh, and, we know the difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, at first, I didn't take him seriously. He's five years old. Yeah, no one takes a five-year-old serious, even other five-year-olds. But then he said it a second time, and I was like, this dude just called me uh, a nigga. Nah, this ain't cool, you know. And so then I realized there was a negative connotation to being black that I hadn't thought about before. Right. You know, and by and then, you know, the teacher already told me that I couldn't go by my middle name because it was hard to pronounce. So I had started going by my first name. So I experienced like racism first week of school. It was kindergarten. So to hear you say, Oh no, I had finished all my academic career and I was in my actual job <laughs> the year before someone called you the N word is mind blowing to me. You know? Yeah. So yeah. interesting. And so yeah, you I'm kind of dumbfounded. I never thought about that. Yeah, Being and that probably <laughs> was. Yeah, and I, I mean that probably wouldn't happen if I don't know. I can't say it would happen somewhere else or how long. I've been in enough places, busy enough places for that could happen anywhere. It just never had. It just yeah, yeah. And you know, case, yeah. That, that's what I mean. Is because we grew up in the same city. I, we, you know, like, but now it seems like we grew up in two different worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, different experiences. You know, just because. Uh, you know, you're black. I mean, everyone, everyone should, you should have heard that word by now. Oh, no, that's, well, that's false. That's false because I talked to my son about it. And he's never heard, no one's called him one. So it's not, everybody's experience is different. And you try to figure out, okay, well, why not? Why haven't you been called one? Because <laughs> I haven't. You know? <laughs> yes, yeah, is what it is. I haven't. It's not, I've been places you've been. I've done more than most. I've been places that shouldn't have been. I've been everywhere. I've done everything. So it just never happened. 
I mean, that's, that's basically it. But I don't think that's something that that should have happened by now. Oh, no, like it's a right, know. like it's a rite of passage. Yeah, no, I don't think that that no, has to be. I just never experienced, it, you know, not, not till then, that moment it worked. It had to be twenty, maybe twenty five, twenty six. Oh, okay. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, I guess you know. <laughs> Although <laughs> yeah. that's good for me or not, but you know. Uh, it's funny, and you know what you said, because now I'm I'm kind of questioning my own parenting because I've heard there were so much from other races. I think my kid has probably heard it from me. <laughs> I'm trying to just lift up and say, this dude on TV, you know, and I'm thinking because it's become a thing where I, and I try to teach him like that N word means, the word means something bad, you know, and I'm wondering if I, because his, his kindergarten teacher told him he was black. And I remember that experience because in kindergarten, he came home, he said, Dad, I'm black. And, you know, me, I'm like, yeah, I know. I was there when you were born. Right. right? And so he was like, and you're black, too. And I said again, yeah, I was there when I was born. I know I'm black. I said, why are you telling me that I'm black? You know, and he was saying, the teacher told me I was black today. And it took me back to my kindergarten when my, my, my teacher told me, you don't go by your first name. Any, you don't go by your middle name anymore. You go by your first name, because I can say that, you know? And so I kind of was, I, you know, to me right back at that time, I'm like, hey, who told you that and why did they tell you that? You know, and so he told me, she said I was black and we talked about how everyone is different, but we're all equal. I said, okay, all right. Because, you know, I jumped on my soapbox. I was ready to, <laughs> I was ready to turn the car around. Right. So he was like, no, she was just pointing out, people, you know, some people have curly hair, some people have straight hair, I'm black. And he had never heard that word before. And so for me, I'm like, well, now, you know, this um, this opens up a whole new cavity of understanding. Now we can talk about race. Now I can, you know, show you that there are levels to your culture. Where before I was trying to be like Sesame Street. Everybody's the same, you know, and, and I was trying to do that. But once he found out he was black, it um, took me back. And I was worried that he was taking a negative connotation to it. So how, how do you remember when your kid found out they were black? Or the same like you, they just consume. Just, uh, I think my daughter found out when we moved uh, out of here and we transferred from inner city to suburban school. That's what she found out. And uh, I guess one of the teachers was touching her hair. It was like, okay, your hair is soft. Like, it's surprising. Like, it's supposed mm. to be nappy. Mm. <laughs> so that was very interesting. And she was clean mm. and so neat. Like okay, what she's what is she supposed to be? So I guess you know, that's what my daughter told me. So like okay, you're black. Your hair's supposed to be nappy. You're supposed to be dirty. You shouldn't be clean. And as she said something about her father, and the teacher's like, your father, like, like yeah, you know him, <laughs> right? That yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's. He's married. They're together with. He lives with me. My mom. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Was like a, a shock to this teacher. Like so, all the things you believe or thought were just kind of quickly erased. Some of it right then. Like okay, mother and father live together. Okay, married. Okay, your hair's not nappy. No. Okay, you're clean. You're neat. You got bow rats and all. Yeah, I don't know what you thought she was supposed to be. Mm. So she found out she was black, and she found at the same time that there is a different kind of black that this woman has in mind. Yeah, a different type. Yeah, 
they didn't know your kind. I never been close and up and close to a different type of black. I guess you know, but right. who knows what was going through her head at the time? But uh, enough that my daughter remembered, and I was like, they're great. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I went to school in the suburbs, so maybe that maybe that's a connection. The suburban, the suburban environment is different from the uh, inner city schools. Yeah, it is. It's totally different. You know, I mean, it's more now. I think it's a little more blended, but yeah, you back, know, early yeah, beginning, I, ten, no, five, ten years ago, depends on where you at. There's not very many uh, people of color, so you're not used to being around people of color. You don't really know what to expect besides what you hear and see, or in passing in stores or malls. But when you're in those classrooms, you are actually there with them in a long period of time of day, so you get to observe and see actually face to face. Uh, your beliefs and opinions are actually right here could be confirmed and not confirmed uh, based on, you know, conversation and interacting with the kids. Oh, okay. It's uh, interesting that you say how that how that teacher saw her vision of black people. It's what, what do you think black people will see when they see black people? Uh, that depends on what black person you're, you're asking. What, what, what right. do I see? Cause I think each black person sees things differently. That's true. You know. That's true. So, you know, I watched I watched the, that show on ABC, um, Blackish. You know, and some of the things they do, and and I think, well, um, we don't do that in my house. We didn't do that as a kid. You know what I mean? That's not that's not my black experience. And that same way when I used in the eighties, I watched the Cosby Show. I say, you know, oh, that's unrealistic. A doctor and a lawyer in the same house. That's not the that's not the street I live on. Right. You know, it's a, and I didn't think that was just like that lady. I didn't think that was a reality until, you know, I grew up and like, people do it. People have right, professions. Yeah. You know, I try to do the opposite of good times, you know, so I guess the the notion, of course, the cause is that that's possible. And I think that was a good aspect to put on, that this is possible. It's not like, oh, this can't happen. And I think a lot of people got kind of, uh, didn't like, I guess, the fact that, okay, a block. Lawyer, black doctor, oh, that's not real. Oh, that's not, well, no, it, that's possible. You just haven't seen it. And just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So you got to be real careful on what's real and not real. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not real. That's true. And that's why I yeah. tell me, when I got to college, I realized that I just hadn't seen it. Yeah, correct, yes. You know, And um, do you think that happens a lot with... Uh, how you say other professions where they don't think that let me put it like this. Like for example, when I watch the the tapes and things on TV, sometimes I see police brutality. I don't see it as a I guess I do see it as a race thing, but I see it as the person sees the other person as part of a race that lacks resources, therefore they cannot defend themselves. So, like, they'd see black as disenfranchised or black as, I don't have to take them as serious. Do you do you think that could, do you think that theory is sound? That police brutality stems from the fact that a, a policeman could see a black person and say, well, that black person lacks resources to sue me or lacks black or lacks resources to, you know, file a complaint. Therefore, I can do whatever I want to because that person is black. Uh, no, I don't think they, that all goes through their head. That's giving them like, too much credit. 
you know that's almost like you know sitting sitting down come up with a play put it on the chalkboard and this is how we're going to run it but when it's time to run that play it's amazing when those parts start moving how that play doesn't work out so well, well i mean like like over time like they become they okay i see uh crackhead today oh that's a black person oh i see uh, gr- uh this guy today oh, that's a black person oh i see this dude after a while you just keep seeing the same kind of uh actions from these criminals that are out there right and so you start making connection oh black people must be criminals because i see this all that's the only common thread about these people but you know in to me just like with firemen no one calls the police when everything's okay you know what i mean they call you when there's some drama. So the drama that you go into, if it has a black person, you link it to the race instead of linking it to the person. That may be a bit much, a bit overstatement, but what do you think? Yeah, but I think a, a lot depends on, you know, where is that person working? And say you from, let's say you from up north, from Idaho, or you from the suburbs, and your first a beat assignment is in Fifth War. Mm-hmm. All black community. We say all black community. You've never been around blacks. You've never worked with blacks. You've never met blacks. So my first experience, I'm dropped in this district and beat, and this is what I see. Mm-hmm. So, of course, this is what you're going to believe because this is all that you know. This is all what I see, whatever they're doing out there. So if I see anything negative, this is what they do. So if I've been in this area for five or ten years, and this is the only time I interact with black people is when I'm at work in this little area of pocket I work. That's all I see. Drunk, high, stealing, robbing, shooting, killing. So if that's all I see, that's all I witness. That's all my interaction is. I'm probably going to believe this is how all black people act. Why? Because I, I see it. I'm touching it. I'm breathing it. So, Let's you, be, yeah. so in that case, wouldn't that hold, hold true if someone way out in the sticks when they make the same, except for like white people? All I see is white people doing this because I live in this one town where ain't no black people. When they make that same connection for white people, then they probably would. But they're the same race. You kind of think you know your own race. Mm-hmm. If they're black and you're white, that's this is my first interaction with people of color. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's when your your biases and stereotypes comes in because this is all I know. You this is all I was introduced to. You don't see the uh, doctor lawyer. Situations, you know, not there. Okay. okay. And if you go through that, remind you, you there are five days a week. That's twenty days a month. You know, that's two forty a year. That that builds up. But that's this is all my interaction, right. and your interaction is all is all negative. All of it's negative. That's gonna stick with you. Mm-hmm. That's gonna make you believe. This is how black people act. This is what they do. Well, I mean, like I said, people are not going to call the police just to hang out. So how how do what 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 should the cop do? Come out to where what go to churches, sit in some of them, meet with some people. 
Well, that's their option. That's that's on them if they want to do that. That's not not something they would have to do on their own if they choose to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is how the the perception occurs. Now, if you choose not to interact with blacks, that's his choice, and vice versa for any race. But since we're talking about black and white, this is how this occurs, and this is what's the result of that. All my interaction with blacks or people of color is in negative connotations or negative situations. That's it. It's not about being caught in the police. You can ride around and see negatives. Mm. It's not just calls to people's house. You can drive up to the store. I'm, but what did you see when you go to these stores? Not all, but some. Guys hanging out. Mm. Is that positive? Probably not. Guys shooting dice. Is that positive? Probably not. Guys drinking beer. I don't think that's really positive, hanging out drunk. Maybe a couple of guys in the car smoking some weed or an unknown substance. That's positive. It was not as trashy. It's not clean. So, this is just him observing. It's not even him getting a call. So a lot yeah. of things you can see. It's not all the, the buildings. The dilapidated buildings. The broken glass theories. All that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just my observation. Nothing to do with people calling me to come to their house for assistance. Well, how, how do they get past that? How do they get past what they see? How do they go beyond that? Like, that's just, that's not indicative of their race. Well, do I want to get past it? Do I wow. want to know more about black people and their lives and where they come from and their history? Well, that's something they got to want to do. And if I don't want to do it, I don't want to understand them, I don't. I don't if I don't want to do that. So maybe they won't, and a lot of them don't. Right. That's interesting. It's because um, I had a interaction at my kid's school about race. With now he was pregnant. I don't want you know undermine his teacher, but me and the teacher we had some discussions about racism and some of the literature that they were giving him. Um, and I told the principal, and the principal comes to me and says, um, "You do you think our staff needs to have a cultural diversity training?" You know, I thought maybe they do, but it's not going to benefit anybody. You know, and I, I and I told her because people who no one thinks they're racist, especially a racist person. You know, what I mean, I can't change their mind. They're just going to sit through a training and say, "Oh, I don't do none of that." Do you think that's maybe what's happening here? People think they already got a. They already they're already on even kill with every race. They don't have any biases. Therefore, there's nothing wrong. As far as the brutality, or just the mindset of the mindset itself. Oh yeah, I agree. You know, I agree with that. Uh, like you stated before, if you're not willing to change, it doesn't make a difference how many classes, how many cultural diversity classes, how many curriculums, how many movies and shows and scenarios and examples. If I'm not willing to take ownership of myself and my beliefs, you're wasting time. That person will have to accept uh, open-minded possibility uh, there are some issues or some things I just don't understand. But if I'm fully happy and content with myself, I don't care what race that is, I'm not changing. Mm-hmm. I'm not, no, I'm not Looking to change, I'm happy with me. 
I'm not trying to learn more. I'm not trying to be better. I'm content. Right. And that goes the same for them too. That was the vibe I was getting like, they don't, they're not going to hear what I have to say, you know? So what, why do you, why do you think is this, uh, the blatant brutality that's going on? Like they don't care if they're getting filmed or not, or I'm not saying they don't care. It just appears that they don't care, you know? And then like with the rot, the protest that spills over into a riot, you know, what, why does that happen? So I think you got two two questions there. So give me the first question. I'm going to try to answer that separately. Well, Max, how do we get to this point where police brutality has become so blatant? Well, I don't think it's, it's gotten any worse. Like I said, we now with the body cam video, we just can see what's been going on. Uh, we just start having police interactions. You're not going to change what you've been doing for the most part because it's not something you should be thinking about doing when the camera's on. So and my natural reaction as to whatever reaction I take, that's my reaction. The camera's not going to change it. You're just seeing my reaction to that particular problem. So if their problem finds that I've done something wrong, so I've done something wrong. But it's, it's not more. It's just you're seeing it on camera. It's exposure now. Yes, that's it. It's just, on, it's just this is video showing my reaction. Okay. But you're not going to change that reaction uh, if that's already inside of you or that was my intent anyway. That camera's not going to change your reaction. It, it might hinder it, depending on who you are and the person and the situation, because the situation can dictate a lot. But in some cases, if you just react quickly or you just being your normal self, uh, you'll see it on video. Mm-hmm. So in in that case, do you think that, I guess it's kind of like a chicken and egg, which came first. Do you think that black people's in reaction with police is based on the same biased formula that you say the police have, where it's like, Every time I interact with the police, somebody's going to jail. Every time I interact with the police, somebody's getting shot. Every, you know, it's never of I'm just going to get a warning and be on my way. Therefore, I make this blanket statement about all the boys in blue. Right. Well, well, how, how do you undo that then? Well, once again, that's, you have open lines of communication. You have to trust both parties. And eases that sound. That's very difficult because you have two sides that don't believe and trust each other. Right, the history That's is there. The history that, is there. That is a, a tough situation. Mm-hmm. But I think for for me, the way I do things is just so, it seems very simple, and I, I can't really speak for most. I, 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 my actions are based on really by another person's actions or non-actions. And the decisions I make are very quick and made swiftly based on your actions and not reactions. For me, it's nothing to do with race. I've taken all races to jail, uh, all genders to jail. It doesn't really make a difference. But your reaction is going to dictate my actions. It's not a 
matter of race, like I said, matter of gender, matter of age, but it's a matter of your reaction. So that I think with most officers, even some white, which I said, I can't get into people's head and mindset because I just don't know that. Right. I don't know what's in your mind. I don't know what's in your heart. So when we look at things, we we looking at what is actually happening, what is actually going on. And that's why I look at, I don't look at the color of the officer. I look at what is he or she doing? Who is he or she interacting with? What is being said? What is not being done? I keep it real simple. And sometimes it could be wrong on both sides. And when you have two wrongs, in most cases, it's going to end bad for someone. And in most cases, it's going to be the non-officer. Okay. So a lot of these situations, you always look at, you know, we always look at how we got to to the end point. I look at well, how did it start? Because a lot of things that start doesn't have to end the way it ends. It's not about the ending, it's about the beginning. And you take these series of steps, A, B, C, D, E, and E is bad. Well, let's start with A and B. Because we can fix the A and B part, we would never end with the E. We won't get that far. But in some cases, it doesn't go there. If you have people who don't trust the police, you believe that every time an officer you come in contact with, there's going to be uh, some made-up false arrest. I'm going to get shot. And I think some people really believe it. And I think some people are just saying it. How do you know, once again, and what's in the one person's mind or not? Don't know that. I don't know it. People will use these situations for their advantage, to take advantage of you based on what's the most popular topic. And they can turn that against you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, you can get yourself hurt. So like I said, I try to focus on what's going on, what's been said, what's not been said, who's listening, who's not listening, not based on race. So you do a little bit of an investigation work and then a little bit of judge and jury all out there on the scene? Very, yeah, real quickly, real quickly. Because some things, you, it takes time and a process to get to after trying to investigate, which I talked to a lot of youth. I've spoken to people in my church about these interactions with the police, with the youth group. And that first interaction is, is very important. It's an interesting topic. Um, it's very key. You know, you have to understand your rights and not more of the rights you have as a person, but more of the rights that the officer has. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to actually know what can and cannot be done, not based on TV or what you heard or my friend said. Or, oh, yeah, the whole, times you, you're false. a cop, you have to tell me, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, uh, that, some of that stuff is just <laughs> false. So when you get that false information or someone's telling you, well, I, this is what I'm going to do, I'm not going to do that. So you got this stuff built up in your head already of negative interaction before you even interact with an officer. That's not good. That's not good because you're telling yourself, I don't care what the situation is. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. Okay. That's probably not going to end well for you depending on the situation. 
Mm-hmm. If you can go through a thousand scenarios and you get several different answers from several different officers. But the one I think we talked about at church was say, let's say uh, you get pulled over. Say I get pulled over. I wasn't speeding. I know I didn't run in light. I know I did nothing wrong at all. So say that's true. That's factual. Okay. Officer pulls you over and tells you, hey, this car matches a description that was involved in a crime. And what he's saying is true. You're saying this is not me. I'm not that guy. You say it matches the description. They don't make this that car. Yeah, we don't know if that's that car or not. So right now we have a standoff. You have a person in the car saying, I know I didn't do anything, so I'm not getting out the car. I'm not giving you my ID because I know I haven't done anything. As an officer, I'm telling you what I heard over the radio or what I read over the MDC. The car matched the description. I'm not saying this is you or the cars involved. This is why you're being detained. And you feel like you don't have a right to detain me. So you have a you have an attitude of confrontation already developing. But what do you do? You let this person arrest you, even though you know this ain't the car and you didn't do anything wrong. You just let him. Well, you you got to let the the process proceed because you can be detained. Detained means you're gonna you can't leave at this time. So until we figure out that you're not the person, or this car not the car involved. Once we find that out, you're free to leave. But sometimes people are not trying to hear that because they know I haven't done anything wrong. And in most cases, that's true. But you as the citizen can tell the officer what you're going to do at this time on this scene because this is the midst of the investigation. So you're saying, like, let the cops sort it out at least. Exactly. Let him check your name. That's what he's going to do. He's going to check that plate. He's going to check that VIN. He's going to make sure your clothing that you're wearing is not that actual clothing of the possible suspect. And you might have to go through some hurdles that you prefer. I don't want to do. You might have to be ID by a complainant because we don't know if that's you or not. I mean, it, it can really get kind of messy. But say in the midst of all that, you decide, man, I'm just not doing it. Okay, now we have a problem. This is where problems occur. I might not want to get out the car. I might not want to show you my ID. This is when the investigation turns bad because you're telling that officer what it is you're not going to do based on false identity. He don't know if it's you or not. He just trying to go through the protocols and steps to make sure you're not the person. But we don't have that type of time. We don't have that type of energy. I'm just not going to do that. So that that can lead to a lot of bad situations just based on communication and based on what you're saying you're not going to do. I just ain't going to do that. Okay. So this is this is how I explain. I told my kid. Now, you, you can tell me if this is the wrong way to teach it. I told my kid... You treat you treat the police just like if you're getting robbed. Someone getting robbed, they just want your money. Just give them the money. 
if the cop says, if you want your ID, give him the ID. Don't try to be cute. Don't try to move. Don't do anything. Just like if you were getting robbed. If someone's holding you at gunpoint, you do the same thing. Is that good parenting? Yeah, that's that's excellent parenting. That's why I told my kids, Hmm. we went to scenarios with them in the car, me approaching them, me saying all type of things that might get them wild up, you know. Yeah. But all you have to do is just listen, do as he asks. And one thing, when you're right, that's why I tell most people, really all people, if I'm in the right, I'm not even worried. I'm just not. Mm. Hmm. You can go through my car. Guess what you're going to find? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You can run my name. Guess what's going to come back to? Nothing. You can run the plates and tags. Guess what they're going to be? Clear. I'm not concerned. Right. I'm never concerned. And when you're not concerned, it don't make a difference. It, it don't make it a out. difference. You just got to wait it, it out. You just got to wait it out. Is it inconvenience? Yes, it is. Can you be late to somewhere? Yes, it is. I have delayed people, not intentionally, but I've told them, hey, you got any problems due to your tardiness? Call this number here. I'll talk to your teacher. I'll talk to your boss. This is why you were late. I delayed you based on this, if you need that. That's me, though. Okay. And that's me without a person with an attitude. Oh, I see. That's true. Yeah. Now you ain't gonna. You can't. You can't clown. Mm-hmm. And expect me to help and assist you because I'm already going beyond. Uh, Just tolerating the nonsense is going above and beyond. Yeah. So, but I, I would do what I can in those situations. But yeah, that's how I teach. I taught my kids the same way, mm-hmm. exact same way. But I do tell kids when their their friends can get them in bad situations which is almost more important than yourself, your crew, who you're hanging with, who you're riding with. So I tell them about college experience I had when people rode with me. I did pocket checks. Mm. Hey, man, who ride with me? Everybody, hey, everybody dump out your pockets. <laughs> people, people think I was like, man, what's up with you? If you ride with me, everybody empty your pockets. Because I don't need to get somewhere. Something happens. We get pulled over, just whatever. And they you got some of the nickel bad dime, but I don't need that. Mm. You you are not gonna you see you if you're in my vehicle, I'm responsible for everybody in this car. Well, you ain't you responsible for you. Where'd you get that fourth thought from? I didn't think that. When it was me, like it's all piled in the car. I didn't think let me make sure everyone's clean. Did, is that something you start up on your own or did someone? Oh yeah, because I because I, I know well, you ain't kind of you know what people do. Yeah, I do. That's what I mean. I didn't think I knew what they did it, but I never thought to be like, "I, right, well, if you're gonna get in the Buick, I'm gonna need to know what you got in your pocket." Oh, brother, yeah. Oh man, I, I, that's everybody. Uh, I mean, I didn't roll deep a lot, but whoever rolled when I did, yeah. And if I rolled with somebody, which was very few, so I prefer to be the driver because I'm controlling the vehicle. Yeah. Oh yeah, we doing. Oh yeah, we checking. Okay, that's we checking. But you know your friends too, and you know your associates. Right. That's right. very important. You can't have a clown. Yeah. Yeah. You came in now. You had it too bad. You're the type to pop off. You're the type to smart off. I don't need you giving me no bad situation. Because the officer might start focusing on your friend. But guess what? Your friend's in your car. So it might be from, okay, I'm going to let you get away or pass. Your friends start clowning. 
Then now, we got another tossed. problem. Y'all get tossed in the paddy wagon. Maybe. <laughs> no, we running all names. We checking everybody. Yeah. See, that's how stuff grows. Mm. Attitude, conversations, but, you know. Oh, okay. Well, happens. now, that that's if you're in the right. Now, like in this situation with George Floyd, yeah, he uh, he may have broke a law too. And I asked one of my uncles about that. I asked him, say, what you think about this George Floyd thing? And he and he called he called him a thug. He said he should never be doing wrong. And then I asked another uncle about this guy. He was um, a retired vet. He tried to run from the cop, and the cop chased him down, and the cop shot him in the back. And his response was, if that guy had paid child support, you know, he wouldn't have been in that situation. Right. And I, I kind of get that, but then my response was like, well, I don't know if he should have been killed over that though right almost well, definitely not so what what how do you respond to someone who says well if he hadn't broke the law how do i respond for that um okay at present like anything else no who am i talking to who's the person yeah, I mean, we have to talk. you know yeah. it could be like you know a q nine, or it could just be someone at a bus stop who you know sees someone else holding a Black Lives Matter poster or something like that. Just the average person, not 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 a an official, not a senator or nobody like that. Just the average person in the mall, yeah. or something like that. Oh well, yeah. Well, no one des- des- deserves their life to be taken. Mm-hmm. I don't care what situation it is. I don't think you deserve to have your right taken away. That doesn't happen. Yes, sometimes it's fortunate. Sometimes maybe it's justified, but I don't think you deserve it, regardless of, uh, of the situation. No, despite so, what they're probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, a, I mean, as far as if a guy got shot in the back running, I don't think that concern is why this shooting occurred. As far as his background, I'm not really concerned, you know, what he's, his criminal record is. Not really concerned. It has nothing to do with that life that's been taken at all. Now, if he's, is he, if he's reacting... Fighting, pushing, pull something, whatever. I think that's that time. I guess sometimes your background or criminal history can reflect uh, prior incidents of occurrence. Which okay, this might be something normal for you. I have a lot of robberies on my sheet, uh, a lot of assaults, a lot of thefts, a lot of yeah. You, yeah, you're probably not the best character. Uh, yeah, there might be some aggression issues there, anger man. It's some it's some things going there, so. The step is, it, it might not be more unlikely, okay, that this guy did something, if it shows it, that deserved to be, I guess, shot. But if somebody running away, that's, that's never justifiable to shoot somebody in the back just running. You just can't. There's nothing, there's nothing there that you can do. There's no justification for that. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, I've heard people say the phrase, snitches get stitches, and they normally apply it to you know, gangs, things like that. But now I met a guy who applied it to the police, that there's a code of loyalty. Now, if there is that code of loyalty, how can one officer be differentiated from the, how, how do you open what they call, I guess, like the bad apple? You know, is, is there that code among officers where we are all together because then that comes across to people as like, well, if you all together, you all with that guy who shot that guy in the back. Right. So uh, I'm, on, I'm on the 
for me, I'm on the code of right. Now, I'm not on some code of if you're wrong, you're wrong, you're right, you're right. That's that's the code I'm on. I don't think you have might have some that might have that code. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't speak for every individual, but I'm on the side of if you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. There's no a code that we all stand together regardless of what's fair or unfair. That's I, I've, I've never witnessed that have been a part of it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I'm, I'm not aware of that. I've never been a part okay. of it. So. That's, that is the vibe I get. I'm not saying this is you at all. But this is the vibe I get when I hear Back to Blue. That's saying I'm back in whatever they do. Right. Uh, I think, yeah, it's such a, a broad term, and like any term that's broad, you have a lot of things that's under that umbrella, and you can pick and choose which which is under that umbrella of conversation, because that can mean a, a, a lot of things. It doesn't mean one thing. So say back to blue. Well, it can mean back to blue financially, spirit. Uh, Loyalty, support. I mean, it can mean a lot. I don't think no one's asking anyone to back someone who's wrong. I don't think that. But I think there's some, if there's uh, those who are right to support them uh, openly. For us, we don't get a lot of support openly. We got more support unspoken. Now, I'll tell you. How I feel, but I won't go out in public and say it. I'm behind it's you. Not, it's not cool to do it. It's not cool to do it. It's not popular at all. But that's based on a lot on communities too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I worked in both communities, black and white, and I I get more support in white than I do in the blacks communities. And when, it, like, just, there's history, like we said before, there's history. Yes. But I understand it, uh, but it doesn't change, you know, how I police, how I, how I interact. I just be fair and with everybody. It doesn't, you know, class, race, it doesn't make a difference for me. Okay. That's uh, interesting because, you know, I don't, I don't, I have friends and colleagues who, I mean, I've been in my, Kids, little boy schedule. But I ran across police. I mean, there's cops in there, right? And um, it's funny how I'll treat them just like me until I find out they're a cop. Then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Now you go by a different rule of ethics than I go by. You know, and that's my own bias. I admit it. I do it. And I've never, um, I never, you know, was like, for people who were in law enforcement, I never was like, okay. I hate you because you are a cop. I've never been that kind of person. But it does change my view of them once I find out they're a policeman. And and in some senses, how can I say, I don't really, I, I mean, I've made no, I didn't study when I, when I was like, I don't back the blue. I've never been back in the blue. It's never been, and I made that out up front known to people who are in law enforcement. It's never been a secret to them. So, it's, is that a good way to behave? Oh, for, for for the community the for the community to be like, hey, no, I'm not supporting that cause because I mean that's pretty much 
what I think people are trying to make the Black Lives Matter lives matter out to be. They're trying to make it to be this thing where we're like, we don't like police. This is our anti-police color. You know. And really it's just like an expression of saying, it's gonna do it to police, my life matters. And what I've noticed, like if you just me walking around now just being a, a black man, I'm a statement. I am that statement because I believe my life matters. I just can't go to the store now. I just can't be that guy, you know, just average, you know, like other people. And not that I'm a celebrity, but in certain groups, like, you know, I um I have guns and I have and I go to ammo shops and I get the look to the ammo shop because that's not something black people go buy bullets. And you don't find bullet stores in in the hood. So I get to look like, oh, okay, here comes this uh Black Lives Matter guy, you know, and my thing is, it's kind of, it's a divide that keeps happening, and I think it's becoming more and more polarized. Uh, I guess oh, that's really, you. Yeah. It's just me. So that's what you wearing your shirt so they know that you're. No, a no, of I don't. I don't wear the shirt. I'm just me. Oh, so they don't know that. Okay, that's just you. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, just my skin color alone puts me in this whole. Oh, you don't like the police, you know. And, and it becomes this thing where I start to transfer and counter-transfer. I don't like the police. They don't like me. And I do, and because of my skin, I don't even have to say anything about whether I'm back in the blue or not. Just my sheer appearance tells people I don't back the blue. Even if, like you said, even if I do in secret, my color alone says I don't. You know. I mean, that's the vibe I get sometimes when I go out. Like, you don't even know what my stance on anything. You just automatically put me in this box. And and so when I hear, when I meet people who are police, I'm like, oh, this policeman's going to try to um, keep his eye on me the whole time because he's probably thinking I'm some sort of Black Lives Matter um, protester, you know? Right, right. Well, I think we all put, well, I don't say all, that's, that's what would be unfair. A lot of us put people in boxes. Mm-hmm. This is what I see, and I'm not changing what I believe by what I see. I don't know you, I ain't never talked to you, I ain't never met you, but based on what I see, that's what I judge you as. Mm-hmm. And like you said before, I, I even I don't go to parties as much as I used to, but even the last party gathering I went to, the guy he was a church member and he never liked the police. Great, my what's the JY? Just didn't like him. So that kind of mean he kind of didn't. I won't say he didn't like me. He just was not in favor of me because I was a police officer. He yeah. never know me. He never talked. Just straight you the law. So this is what you about. So as we laughed and kicked it and talked about some things, he was like, "Damn, man, I know laws are cool like you, man. I, I didn't, you know, it was like." Yeah, you didn't know me. You never talked to me. You don't know my story. You don't know where I went, my school, my co- There's a lot about me you don't know. And I get there from a lot, a lot. Uh, man, what type of police officer are you? What type of cop are you? Because you, know, you got this, this, thought, this thought of what an officer is, black or white. And both of these from black, because I'm black and a lot of these people are black. They have their own mind made up of what I am. They don't know nothing about me. But like that, we start talking, a little barbershop talk, talk this, talk a little trash here and there. Oh, man, you like everybody else. Well, no, I was already like everybody else, maybe. 
uh, just the fact that, okay, I work as a police officer. You stereotype me, you put me in a box, you put me in a hole of what you think I am or what I'm about, but you don't know me. And that's bad, but that's what we do to people anyway. It's just not my occupation, any occupation. We will put labels on people, and we don't even know them. We ain't never talked to them. We ain't never tried to get to know them. I just know they're this, so they're that. And that's it. Okay, well, that that's negative. That That's a bad way to start uh, labeling people, identifying people that you don't even know them. But I understand that's a part of it. But it, it doesn't bother me because I already know what they think, what they perceive. Like you said before, if I walk into a store, people might think I'm trying to figure out what they're doing. I'm not studying nothing about you. You're the last thing on my mind, you know. But that that's part of it. That's that's unfortunate, but that's that's the part of the society we live in right now. Yeah, yeah. So, should black people trust the police? Yeah, they should. Why? Unless you have some type of reason why you shouldn't personally, why not? Because I look at trusting the police like trusting anybody. I have a reason why I don't trust you. I just can't look at you and say I don't trust you because why? Because you're a police officer or you because any profession. Well, why shouldn't I? Have I done something? Because one bad apple, like I said, this you know, it could be in every bunch. There's no every profession is perfect. There's some bad apples in every profession. So yeah, you should still trust them. You should still speak to them if you choose to. But it might be some history there. That's the point. If you have history, then that's issues and problems that needs to be maybe talked about or identified or what can we do to fix that? I, I knew this little kid who wrote a, uh, a drawing for the police officers and this little kid said, I hate the police because the police officer took my daddy to jail but I hope to see him soon one day now he hates the police why because his interaction was he saw the officer take his daddy to jail mm. now what his daddy did I have no idea but he's going to have hate probably for the rest of his life based on his dad in jail he doesn't have a father his mother doesn't have a husband and he's going to be separated from his dad but he's going to hate the police. But it's probably something his dad did. So if his mother or grandfather or other parents are, or other aunts and uncles doesn't uh, fix that problem or talk to him, the reason why his dad probably went to jail is not probably the officer's fault or maybe they said it was the police officer's fault. I don't know, but that's a problem. Who's going to fix that problem? So, speaking of kids, um, like Tamir Rice, 12 years old, shot with a BB gun. Now, I've had BB guns when I was 12. You know, granddad had BB guns. All kind of, People had BB guns. They sell them in sports stores. When is a good time? Obviously, he did not understand what was happening quickly enough. At what time do you, at what age do you talk to your kid about how quickly things can turn with the police? 
when do you equip them with that information? Because he was an innocent kid. You think at 12, he don't need, I'm thinking he's too young to have to worry about, you know, Fifth Amendment rights and have to worry about hands on the hood. He's a little kid. Correct. But it seems like he just didn't know. He was just innocent to me. And it, it hurts because, I mean, I was 12. I was Tamir Rice. Everyone's been 12-year-old kid, you know, and cop roll up. And what? when do you have this talk with your child and let them know this is what the police do, this is what can happen, and things can turn? When do you have this talk? Uh, I would say as soon as possible. I guess all kids are different based on their understanding and the level to be able to comprehend what it is you're talking about. So that it had to be as soon as possible. Oh, that's, that's a tough one. I still didn't have a, a answer possibly to that question. Um, Cause I mean, at that age, I still, still say around, maybe around kindergarten, I, I guess when a lot of parents, they try to stay away from kids having, Guns. I had BB guns. I had pellet guns. I had all that growing up. But for us, even though kids gonna be kids, we weren't allowed to take them out. You know, I mean, did we take them out? Yeah, we did. But we weren't allowed to take our BB guns and pellet guns out unless we was going to the country. Well, I just meant as far as like, at what point do you talk to children about? Like we talked about about how kids should react around cops. Because like this, is what happens. The, the policeman comes to the school, he's officer-friendly in elementary school. But when he gets in high school, he ain't officer-friendly no more. And I think that's a misconception that they shouldn't, in my opinion, they shouldn't start in elementary. They should, when they bring the cops, they should tell the kids, look, I have a weapon for a reason. I, things can turn. I can, you know, I am capable of A, B, C, and D. Right. Instead of saying, hey, if you have a problem, come tell me. Hey, I'm your buddy, I'm your friend. No, I mean, especially for like an African-American, history has shown not all, this is not always the case that the policeman is officer friendly. So at what yeah. point do you tell your kid, no, 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 officer friendly is not friendly to you? And I think it's what happened with Tamir Rice. He was used to seeing cops in that light that they get at school. Like, oh, yeah, officer friendly. Hey, high five, let's shoot some free throws. So when a cop pull up, he's thinking officer friendly. No, it's not officer friendly. At what point do you tell your kid that no, officer friendly is a myth? Or do you think the officer friendly is a myth first? <laughs> uh, well, I think there there are stages uh, of liking the police and don't like the police. All this kind of ties together. There's a scale when, of course, with kids like the police, more the elementary, get to middle school, starts kind of leveling out, high school, starts going down, college down, maybe mid, maybe 40s, 50s, start going up as far as the like and don't like. So there, there's a scale, that study's been done. I don't have that scale with me as far as the like interaction of police officers based on age. So you can start off young as far as, you because know, I think at the beginning, all officers are friendly. I mean, I don't think, I mean, some people, if their natural persona is they're a nice guy, nice lady, uh, that's going to be pretty much natural. Uh, the change part comes in with, once again, what am I dealing with? Elementary kids are pretty much nice and friendly, listen, follow directions for the most part. 
starting to get another school. You're starting to get a little smart ass, starting to be a little sassy. Well, that's when you're probably not going to get that friendly officer no more because guess what? You're not friendly. Uh, you're probably telling him to do this or to do that. You're making jokes. I mean, your whole persona gets older. It changes. It changes. So I think that middle school is probably a good time and based on your kid. Kind of know your kid, you know. If he's one of these, you know, high energetic, kind of little smart asses, talk a lot of crap, disrespectful, you might want to give it him early. <laughs> you might want to give it him early because if his interaction with you as the parent is not the best, it's going to be worse with others. It doesn't get better with other people or strangers. It gets worse. Mm-hmm. So especially, you might want a stranger with a gun. Um. Well, hopefully he won't, but sometimes I think even kids or even young adults, I mean, you got some people that don't care. That, that gun does not stop you from acting a certain way. So that that's that that's a myth. I mean, that doesn't stop you from uh, saying certain things, doing it, – it doesn't make a difference. I, I've never encountered someone that, well, you know, if you had that gun, this is what I would do. No, you're probably going to do what you want to do anyway because the gun is like the last thing – I'm concerned about even using or pulling out. I mean, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing about our interaction or conversation you have to do with this gun. That That is the last, it's there, but it's not a, a major topic of discussion based on our interaction. So, but the quicker you talk to them, the based on your kid, I think that middle school is still about a good time to have a good, serious conversation about uh, interacting with police following directions and orders and different scenarios. There's so much stuff now on YouTube that you can find different scenarios or police interaction. And you can tell them, okay, this is what you don't want to do. You know, I always go to the old, the, the old Chris Rock uh, little stand-up he did. Mm-hmm. But he had, uh, it might be on YouTube, this is how you interact with the police. It's very funny, but some of it's very true. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I say that middle school. I think the middle school is about a good time. Okay, all right. And if they, if they, if you kind of know your kid has been the pro, been problem for other people before, maybe want to do a little sooner and say, look, not everyone's going to be as welcome to your antics. Uh, yeah, because you might get the the wrong one. Yeah, you mm. might get that wrong officer. It's, it's no more than getting that wrong guy you picked on. Mm. You know, you chose the wrong one, and you speak. If you're thinking that each so these officers are all going to be one way. You're sadly mistaken. They got different backgrounds. They got different cultures. They got different beliefs, different opinions. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't. It's not a one uh, size fit all. You got some who's a little more lackadaisical. You got some that's high energy. You got some that don't care. You got some that care a lot. You got some that ain't going to take no lip. You got some that take a lot of lip. So you got to be careful on who you might be facing with that day. Okay, I'm getting a lot of a lot of uh, blame the victim vibe here. Should, should I be getting that vibe from what you're saying? Uh, no, I'm gonna blame the victim. Like you should know better. Anything. You, like you should know better. You should be careful with who you're dealing with. You should. Uh, it's it's your. It's kind of. It's on you to 
you know, know what to do in that situation? I think I'm going to put a lot of owners like on my kids. I tell them, this is what you need to do. Yeah, I'm going to put it on you because if you do these things, in most cases, you're going to be fine. I don't want to leave it to someone else to do the right thing. Like you said, he does have that gut. You don't. Mm -hmm. Let's do what we can do on our end to try to eliminate any possibility of misunderstanding on our end. That's all we can control is us. Okay. You have no control of the person. Mm -hmm. You have no control. But what I do have control over is myself. Mm -hmm. What I control over is my my tongue, the words that I use. You have a control over that. Mm -hmm. What did you do? That's what I'm checking because you're mine. Now, the end result could be something bad or negative. The officer did this. He shouldn't have done that. All that might be true. What did you do? Because that's what I'm going to check. Because this probably could have been eliminated, maybe. And if it couldn't be, that's what I want to hear. What if they didn't do anything at all? Like the Breonna Taylor thing. They didn't do anything at all. Oh, the warrant? Yeah, and they went to the wrong oh, house. Well, yeah. that. Oh, that was, that was more of a... Um, that, that was a, a it's a bad deal. No, that wasn't her fault based on that incident. No, no, that that's running a warrant. Uh, couldn't run a warrant differently. Uh, that was all. That was not her involvement. I thought she was asleep. You know, something. I don't know what she could have done different. You know, no, nah, she could have done. And and she she nothing she could have done to prevent it unless you go to the point of trying to say who she involved with that deal. I mean, that, that's, that, that's stretching it. And, but even then, as I tell people, and I tell young people all this all the time, who, who am I rolling with? Who am I dealing with? I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to eliminate all possibilities, but I'm not going to say that's her fault. Cause she dated some dude that had history. No, that's not, that's not her fault. Mm-hmm. But if she's dating someone who's not involved in that life, she's here. But she broke up with that guy. She was she broke up with him and they and he gave her gave them her address. Yeah, so. I, I saw it on, on it's she did not deserve to die because it's based on the warrant deal. That that no talk, no warrant deal, yeah. you know, that's something that's kind of get eliminated through all out of agencies to know not warrants. And once again, I mean, if you're, if you're about trying to save lives, you're going to have to change the way you run a warrant. You know, you try to do these sneak, sneak attacks on these people. You're trying to get in there quick and fast so you can eliminate, uh, you know, the losing of the dope or the narcotics, whatever's in there, and then by flushing it, throwing it away or whatever. That's what happens on these, uh, these warrants. You're going in there, uh, Unannounced, but that's that's a whole nother deal. But yeah, she she did not bring that. Up. You we all agree she did not bring that on herself. Oh no! Oh no! No. Okay. Now, do you do you think the? Uh, how do you say? Do you, what do you think is going to happen with this George George Floyd thing? Actually, well, he's going to be found guilty. It doesn't matter to what degree. Okay. You know, I mean, I. You know, I looked at some of the case, even though I kind of know the, you know, I know enough of it not to 
watch it every day. Right. I'm just looking to see what they're going to charge him with. We know he's going to get charged with murder. We just don't know to what degree. It's going to be like manslaughter or criminal yes. neglect, but it's going to be murder something. And yeah, so, we, well, yeah. I don't it, think the the manslaughter is going to be acceptable mm-hmm. from from society, but I can see how they can come to a manslaughter mm-hmm. just by by the court. Premeditated, yeah, he didn't know. Yeah, premeditated. It's all about my intent, and I don't think, which I don't know the dude. I don't know his head. And I hope he get the max that what he deserves. But once again, that's public opinion. You get in the courtroom, it's about what you can prove and what you can't. That's just the way the system uh, is set up. And unless more comes out, I don't know if they're going to be able to find this guy as that was his intent. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know, but we will see. So there might be some middle ground in there, but I don't I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. We, there's going to be, it's going to be, at middle, man, that mess, oh, that's two years I I don't. I don't think society is gonna accept that. Right. So right. I don't know if they're gonna make sure that charge is high, so we don't have any more riots or people tan up stuff. But that's uh, that's still in question, though. Okay. I just wanna know what your thoughts were. I mean, I know you can't predict what's gonna happen in the future. I just wanna know, you know, what your thoughts were about it. Should he should he be found guilty? Should he go to jail? You know, and um. I think a lot of people are drawing the line right in there. They say, well, no, he shouldn't go to jail because Floyd did A, B, C, and D. Right? Oh, no. saying, well, no, he should no. go to jail because it didn't take all that. Oh, he's going to jail. Man, in my opinion, he's going. It's just a matter, matter of how what. Long. Right. Yeah. And I, but I don't think the public is going to accept that manslaughter. That's, yeah. that's yeah. not going to go well if he gets manslaughter. Now, that's my he, opinion. Should he go to jail? In your opinion, should he go to jail for a long yeah. time? Yeah, he should go to jail, yes. Now, I, I don't give, like I said, when you're wrong, you're wrong, you're right, you're right. And based on what we saw, uh, there's no justification. It was not necessary. So if you did wrong, you go to jail, just like anybody else. Okay. Hmm. All right. It was an interesting conversation. Interesting conversation. It's very rare that people... I find when um, people on uh, two sides of the table, they don't let the other side get it out. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why we have such divides. Like, um, one time I had a client who was a Trump supporter. And, I, you know, I just asked him, you know, what is your deal? Why do you support Trump? <clears throat> and at first he didn't want to answer because he was like, oh, you just trying to, you know, get in my head, trying to get me all gas. I said, no, I really want to know because I'm trying to figure it out. I let him talk. You know, and he got through talking and he talk, told me his his rationale, and uh, I said, I I disagree with you on damn everything you just said, but <laughs> <laughs> not, but I'm glad I, I understand your logic, you know, and if I'm going to disagree with you, I want to be able to know what I'm disagreeing about. Correct. You know, and so that was kind of what this podcast is about for you to get this stuff out. Now, people may, a lot of people ain't going to agree with you. In fact, some stuff you said, I don't personally agree with, but I I'm glad I have a better understanding of that that perspective. You know what I mean? I just yeah, can't yeah. be like blanketed. Nah, you wrong. And I and I don't have it. I don't have everything. You know, I'm just saying it and and get my emotions involved. And then once you get the emotions involved, you can you you shut down when it comes to logic and you don't let people hear, hear themselves out. Oh yeah, I so, agree. Yeah. 
I appreciate you let you know giving you a chance to be heard. I appreciate you coming on. Let me get this uh, podcast. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't appreciate that you. Uh, you ain't gonna be blow up. I'm gonna blow up and be big, and you're gonna have to come back. You know, you do know that, right? I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm bring it back because I, uh, I'm famous now. Well, if I come back, it won't be based on your fame. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that that don't move me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that can't. Uh, no, that does that doesn't move me. Your 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 title means nothing to me. Ah. yeah. Okay, good, good. Now, um, when I post this, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna ask you, you know, shoot me some questions, ask me some stuff, and uh, I'm gonna send them to you. And you know, if you can answer them the best you can, that'd be great. Because you know, I, I can be animated, so I'm trying not to be animated. Like I said, I'm trying to get someone to someone closer to the line than I am. I'm not out there every day. I'm not out there, you know. So if I get some questions and I, and I shoot them your way, um, you'll be ready to answer them then. Oh yeah, I'll give you my 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 opinion from my perspective because I can we can have dialogue and you know I can't I would not be offended if no one agrees or I don't disagree. What I try to do, even when speak with you to a lot of people, is to understand this side. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it, you don't have to agree with it. But what I try to do, like I tell my kids and anybody else, what I'm trying to do is keep you alive. What I'm trying to do is keep you from not getting hurt. And this is the way you go about doing that. If you choose to do things another another way, that's your decision. That that's that's you are a grown adult to make your decisions on your own. What I'm giving you is facts and knowledge to prevent issues or things that can lead you to a, a bad spot. So that's what I do and that's what I will continue to do. Okay. I can appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. I'm about we're, we're done here, um, and I'm getting hungry, and it's getting getting late, so I'm about to get going. Oh again, yes, sir. Thanks again. I'll I'll let you know when you uh when you go in the cyberspace, so you can you know tell your friends pass your business card around. Okay, yeah, I, I'll think about that. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, man, appreciate it. Yep. All right, how we stop? I think I stopped it already. I am Rashad Skinner, licensed therapist. Thanks again for listening to The Therapist Wears Sneakers. <laughs>